The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much for joining us again for another edition. Hope everybody's getting ready to warm up for a uh, nice uh, Thanksgiving next Thursday. We are going to have a special show on Thursday, so if you need an excuse to Get away from the family for a while, just kind of tiptoe into your office and turn on winning ponies at whatever time it is in your area, and we'll be bringing you a very special edition. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk to uh, two interesting people. Uh, One, perhaps, is the greatest trainer you may never heard of. His name is James E. Morgan. Now, if you're in the Midwest, you know who Jim Morgan is. But if you're on either coast, you might not know him, uh, but he's won some pretty big races all over the place, and uh, including 300-plus stakes races. So like I said, if you haven't heard the name of Jim Morgan, you're going to get a chance to meet him tonight. He's a man of great wisdom, and also quite the athlete himself was uh, drafted First round into the NBA. We'll get onto that later in the show, but we're going to try to make you some money down at Delta Downs. It's uh, it's the jackpot weekend, and boy, some big uh, people are coming in. Uh, D. Wayne Lucas, Jerry Hollendorfer, Mike Smith, Russell Bays, all in the Hall of Fame. Uh, just to mention a few that are going to be coming down. Uh, uh, we have with us uh, Mary Rampolini, who's the correspondent down there, and she's had her ear to the ground, and uh, she's had her fingers pretty busy typing stories about the races coming up. But the, the good thing is, is there's going to be a pick four. We're going to cover that. Races four through seven. Now, Delta's going to have a special afternoon post time this week. This is Saturday. Uh, races four through seven has a minimum guaranteed pool of $200,000. So we're going to be reviewing those races uh, with uh, Mary Rampolini. Again, some big shooters coming in uh, to Delta this week. Well, don't forget, uh, right now, uh, one of our popular sponsors, 123 Racing Pick 6, is America's newest handicapping contest-style Pick 6 wager. 123 Racing is not like any other Pick 6. It's, it's a $2 Pick 6 with a twist. Win America's most exciting wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the pool. All you need to do to play at 123bet.com. All the winners are guaranteed, and they're guaranteeing $100,000 this month in payoff the 123 Racing Pick 6. Play it today at 123bet.com. Get your pen. 123bet.com. And on Thanksgiving, we're going to bring something to the table. As a special guest, we're going to have the CEO of 123bet.com, Robert Earl, 
What an interesting character he is. He's a horseman himself. He breeds, drives, and owns harness horses at his farm in New Zealand. So he used to live in the USA. He's an IT professional. Really looking forward to a, a, a special show where he is going to be our special guest. So uh, be sure to tune in. And also for this uh, big pick four, don't forget to pull down your easy win forms from Winning Ponies. Had some big wins this past week. Uh, one of the biggest or the biggest was at uh, at Del Mar. A $1 super key brought back $9,360. But Sheets are good everywhere you want to go. At Charlestown, a 50-cent pick four returns $7,500. Uh, night Racing, Mountaineer, a 50-cent uh, Super 5 paid $3,000. And uh, over at Laurel, a $1 Super Box, 2800 So don't forget, pull those down, and hopefully we're going to get some greens in your jeans. Let's take a look at some interesting stories in racing this week. You may recall two weeks ago, uh, we had Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum on. Well, last weekend, uh, Bernier won the Aqueduct Betting Challenge, so we bring you nothing but the best here on Winning Ponies. Matt is the real deal, a real up-and-comer in the game, but uh, he got the first prize of $40,000, but... How about this hook? Because he's a Daily Racing Forum employee, he's not eligible for any of the three seats to the National Handicap Championship in Las Vegas that were awarded out of the tournament. So the next three finishers uh, picked those up. You may recall uh, over Breeders' Cup weekend, uh, Bernier uh, partook in the Breeders' Cup betting challenge for charity, and he earned $70,000 for the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. So a lot of people are saying, hey, man, you know, maybe this was karma to get you to win the uh, the aqueduct uh, contest. And he said, no, you know, he he was sitting back, and all of a sudden he uh, he picked up a 27-1 shot in the DeFrance's Dash. We'll review that at the bottom of this segment. But congratulations to Matt. He says he's looking forward to coming back on Winning Ponies, and obviously we're uh, happy to be bringing him back. And speaking of bringing people back, how about Palace Malice? Is going to race in 2005. Uh, he's going to be cooling out in Aiken, South Carolina. Of course, you recall that he won the grade one, met Mile, and three other graded stakes. Uh, he's ready to come back and training immediately after extensive veterinary examination. Said he is sound and fully recovered from the bone bruise uh, suffered uh, when he was unplaced in the grade one Whitney stakes. And uh, now he has co-owners in Dogwood Stable and Three Chimneys Farm. And as you know, outfits like these would not be putting this horse back in training unless he was 100%. The x-rays, they say, were came back totally uh, clean. Uh, Palace Malice now, four-year-old, uh, leading career earner of Curlin. Um, his career earnings over $2.6 million, including the rare combination of wins in the Grade 1 Belmont Stakes, the Grade 1 Metropolitan Mile, in which he defeated Golden Sense in there, who just won the Breeders' Cup race. And um, Palace Malice, 17 starts. He's also had a trio of Grade 2s. So glad they're keeping not only a well-bred, but a very well-raced horse back in training. Now, my uh, kindred brothers in the TPA, the Turf Publicist of America, announced that Tom Durkin will be honored with the Big Sport of Turfdom Award. And this really is a great award. It's for uh, someone that has uh, always availed himself uh, to the media 
and has represented uh, racing always in a positive light. And uh, certainly Tom Durkin has done that. Uh, it was His swan song was fantastic. It's going to be very interesting to see where he resurfaced, but we know that he will be in Arizona uh, in September to accept the TPA award. Uh, Mandy Minger, uh, who's the TPA president, she, she, this is her final term, she went on record by saying that for so many of us, our memories of racing's greatest moments are inextricably linked with Tom's voice. And this award recognizes not only his contributions as an announcer, but as an ambassador. Tributes to Tom's career permeated in the mainstream media this year, capturing the class and generosity of a man who represents the best of our sport. And here, here, I second that for sure. Well, let's take a look at uh, some uh, some jockey news. Um, Mike Lucy, we said last week, uh, was going to be out for a while. Uh, after a paddock accident, it looks like he's going to be out a little bit longer than he thought. He had to undergo a second surgery uh, about a week ago uh, to repair his fractured pelvis. So they say he's doing very well after surgery. He also suffered a broken leg in the accident, so we wish him nothing of the best uh, on, on his comeback when it happens, and I'm sure it will. Uh, last week's Jockey Guild Jockey of the Week, Julian Leparu, swept a pair of graded stakes races at Churchill Downs on Saturday to be named the Jockey's Guild Jockey of the Week. Of course, uh, Le Peru ranks third in wins and second in earnings at the Churchill Downs standings. Overall this week, he won seven races with three seconds and two-thirds for earnings of $317,000. The Frenchman doing very well for himself. I remember him when he was a young guy kicking around the Cincinnati area. Well, uh, if you like to bet Churchill Downs, you'll be able to starting tomorrow. That's right. As you know, the Churchill Downs surface with this polar vortex that has just surrounded us, I'll say everywhere here in the United States with the records that were broken, um, canceled racing and training for several days in midweek. Uh, but they are saying that racing is going to return on Friday, and they say the team's just done a great job at working the track, and um, the temperatures are, are going to be right, that uh, it should not uh, hopefully refreeze. Interesting history in uh, the fact that uh, over the years, the different times when, when uh, Churchill has rarely uh, closed, it goes back to uh, September 21st, 1882, <laughs> because of mud, and there were other muddy and rainy days uh, through through the late 80s, and then uh, back uh, in in a couple of fall seasons, they had frozen racetracks on four other occasions, and then in uh, 1990 and 2004, it was uh, severe weather with uh, with tornado warnings that uh, forced the, uh, the the track to close. So. Uh, those of you that have been going to your simulcast centers and wanting to bet on Churchill, you'll be able to do that starting tomorrow. All right, let's take a look now at uh, some an interesting uh, concept that's going to come up. I figured this was coming sooner or later. In California, they're going to restrict whip use by jockeys. The California Horse Racing Board passed a rule just yesterday limiting jockeys to three consecutive strikes with a whip before they must pause to allow a horse to respond. Uh, it's expected to take effect in coming weeks, and it'll be in place for both the thoroughbred and quarter horse races. A jockey found in violation would face sanction, most likely a fine. Boy, that's going to be a tough one to police because, you know, you've got to remember exactly how many times. Did I hit him three times? Did I hit him four times uh, in the heat of the moment? 
Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens and to see just how widespread this really becomes uh, over over North America in in the year ahead. Very, very interesting. Well, so was the outcome of a couple of our races last week. Um, the Frank DeFrancis Memorial Dash is the race that got Matt Bernier over the top in the Aqueduct Challenge. It was Zebros that got there. Um, Jose Ortiz uh, picked up the mount uh, because Alex Cintron was injured on Friday. So he picked up the mount for D. Wayne Lucas. A Lucas trainee gets away at 29 to 1. Didn't anybody learn anything from the Breeders' Cup? Paid $60.20. Zebros rated in second, took over on the turn, and just pulled away from Happy My Way. And it was uh, Burn Identity in the third spot. Dad's Caps, the favorite, faded to fourth. Then we went out to the West Coast, Del Mar, the $100,000 Bob Hope. And the winner in there, no problem. That was the name of the horse, no problem. At 17 to 1. And it was the first stakes win for trainer Mike McCarthy since he left Todd Pletcher. So congratulations to him. 36-20, the payoff with no problem. It lasted by a half a length over. All right, all right. And the third spot was St. Joe Bay. Now, Prime Engine was expected uh, to be in the race, but they say that they uh, scratched him to run in the Delta jackpot instead. Then uh, at Aqueduct, it was the Red Smith Handicap. And the winner in there, as you recall, we discussed this, that he was carried out by Big Blue Kitten last time out and ended up running third in the Canadian International. Well, he turned the tables at 6-1, to one, Dynamic Sky, rated in fifth early, dropped back, stayed on the rail, and got through a very impressive victory. Big Blue Kitten closed, closed and fast, but a little too late. Did have to steady and had some uh, traffic problems. And the third spot was Marengo. And then we will uh, ended up at... Churchill Downs, a place where our next guest spent a lot of times, and that was the Commonwealth Turf, a grade three, and the winner was Heart to Heart, a horse that uh, both our guest uh, Pete Fornatale and I said was probably the best bet of the weekend. It was. You followed our lead. The horse went off at even money and paid $4. So that pretty much brings us uh, to the end of this segment with uh, news around the nation and breaking news. And up next, like I said, probably the greatest trainer you may never have heard of. I have, and I know him. His name is Jim Morgan, and we're going to be talking with him on Winning Ponies. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing... 
The one, two, three racing pick six. America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love one, two, three racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at one, two, three bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with us coming up here is trainer James E. We'll call him Jim Morgan. Might be one of the best trainers you never even heard of. He's a native of Kentucky, and uh, the first horse race he ever witnessed was the Kentucky Derby when Dark Star upset the great native dancer. Pretty uh, good introduction to racing when the first race you see this Kentucky Derby. He's working there part-time while going to uh, L, but I'm getting ahead of myself. He was born in the bluegrass, but he made his reputation on the hardwood basketball floors in Dayton, Ohio, where he led uh, Stivers High School to be ranked number one in the state. Then he was uh, recruited by the University of Louisville, played on some great Louisville teams. He was inducted into their Hall of Fame. His number's been retired. And I know this personally because I live there. The Syracuse Nationals, the NBA, made him their number one draft pick. But back in the day before the money was big, he made just as much money teaching and coaching basketball in Dayton, Ohio. And that's where he stayed at least for nine years. After that, uh, he became one of the uh, leading trainers, if not the leading trainer in the Midwest. Uh, if you go back and record over 300 stakes wins, he was based in Kentucky in Ohio, but he didn't have any problems shipping to New York or Chicago when it went a big race called, and he's had some really, really good horses. So with us race now, no further ado, a slam dunk. Jim Morgan, how are you? I'm fine, John. Good to talk to you. Well, as I recall, uh, that year that Louisville won the NIT, I think that you guys may have beat my favorite team. Was it the University of Dayton that you played in that game? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was 1956. <laughs> well, I know who won the last Louisville game, but uh, that uh, that wasn't in any uh, in any tournament. So uh, I, won't, I won't rub your nose in that. Well, uh, Jim, tell me uh, over over your your career in, in, in training horses, you, you started out training human athletes. So you, obviously, you were always involved yourself in athletics. Then you were involved. I'll just say as a trainer in, in, in being a successful coach for t- nine years, how were, would you compare, how would you say you were able to take both your recognition of athleticism and your ability to coordinate a team into building the outstanding stable you had for all those decades? Well, John, I think in both, you know, it's, it's, it's attention to the details, the small things that make the big difference, and 
I was fortunate. I, when I started training, uh, I had some people here in Dayton that uh, were kind enough and nice enough to give me uh, the horses, even though I doubt if I really deserved them at that stage. <laughs> but I, I, in my first crop of horses, I had a two-year-old by traffic judge, a filly called Frederick Street, and she was a was one of the ended up one of the best fillies in the country. She won ten stakes and placed in ten others. So I just got off to a good start, uh, you know. You, and I think that uh, as, after we had more success, then I started getting trainer uh, people. I trained for some people from Kentucky uh, through the years. A lot of great people, Arthur Hancock, and but I, but the people that really got me started were right here in Dayton. Well, Jim, again, in, in assembling a team uh, as a coach, I always recall that you know you, you always had very dedicated people either at your farm or Wendover Farm uh, there in Ohio. I remember seeing people like Bobby McMichael and Marsha Chandler uh, who were very good uh, horsemen throughout their whole career. And uh, I forget the name of the one groom you had. My God, he was there forever. Uh, I know he used to handle oh. Tada. I mean, how important is uh, a loyal staff in, in, and good horsemen Horsemanship and uh, creating such a successful stable. Well, it's the key to it, really. I had uh, some great grooms. Uh, they're unfortunately they're all dead now. Matter of fact, I buried one of them beside my father. Uh, they were they were like family. We traveled together. And they took care of the horses, and that was their their only interest. And and we, I took my hot walkers, my exercise boys, my grooms. They all traveled with me. Where We'd go to Florida in the winter, and then we'd come back to Keeneland in the spring, and then Churchill. And then in the summer, we'd either go to Thistledown, or a few years I went east to Delaware Park and to um, uh, Liberty Bell when he opened up racing in Pennsylvania. That was a track so, in Philadelphia. Surrounding yourself with good, good horsemen and a, a crew you knew, uh, very, very important. Now, what was it that... that told you you had something special with, uh, with with horses like Costly Dream and Bold Rendezvous where you would little travel outside your comfort zone and, and take on the big boys at Aqueduct and Belmont? Well, it was just a case. In the case of uh, uh, Costly Dream, uh, we had re- Susan's girl, who was the champion uh, mayor that year, she beat us in the Spencer at level weights by about a length and a half. And a month or so later, there's a stake in New York, the Burlow Handicap, and we got about a 12-pound shift in the weights, and we went up there, and Michael Hole rode uh, across the dream, and we beat Susan's girl. And it's just a case that you, you look for spots that you think you can your horses will do uh, well in, and then you, I, don't, I only went up to New York three or four times, and, uh, but I won two stakes, one, one at Belmont and one at uh, Aqueduct. Well, you made it count, and I know that uh, uh, you made some some travels uh, to Arlington Park. Uh, you not only uh, won the round table with the legendary Brent's Prince, but uh, a horse by the name of I'll Raise You One. I think one time you told me he was the fastest horse you ever had. He still got a course record up at Arlington. Yeah, he was a very fast horse. He wasn't the gamest horse ever was, but when he got on the lead, he, his heart got big, and he was uh, he had a lot of he had a lot of talent. Well, Jim, uh, I know that uh, we've had conversations, and you you have the utmost respect for for horsemen like 
let's say, uh, Bill Mott and Shug McGahee, who don't feel like they have to press the button um, to, to get a horse ready for the first Saturday in May, uh, though on rare occasions they'll notice that they do have one. You had many, many successful older horses, of course, being in this area, you know, Gil Gabonzi and, and Bill Monroe come to mind. But on the other hand, Jim, it seems to me, just like being a coach and you notice there, there's a freshman that they can play with the seniors, you you had some darn good two-year-olds, uh, particularly the one that comes to mind. they got a stakes race named after her, Tada, and there was another one called Peggy's Pumper, and there's probably a few others that I'm not mentioning. When did you know to press the button on your two-year-olds and to hold back on horses that would develop when they got older? Well, each horse is is uh, is different, of course. Uh, the the sons and daughters of Brent Spence were very precocious, and they were most of the time they were very good two year olds. So they they just the horse tells you. I had another really good filly called Naughty, and two nothing bothered her much. She just wasn't ready to run mentally, and I turned her out for the summer and. And brought her back the next year, and she was a really a top filly. Each horse is different, John. But I tell you, if I had it to do over again, I, I never pointed a horse for the Derby, and I would still go that route because it's just it's it's a demanding thing, and most of those Derby horses don't last very long. Well, with, with that said, Jim, you've been in the game for decades and may well be sneaking back into it, rumor has it. Um, what, what differences have you seen from, let's just say, the, the, from the 70s to 80s to, to, to now? Well, when I first started uh, training horses, uh, the, the people that owned the racetracks really had uh, deep uh, interest in racing. That's no longer true in so many cases. It's They're controlled by people that have the gambling, the slot machines, or the other types of gambling, and it doesn't seem that that the owners are as keenly interested in the horses they once were. Another thing I've noticed over the years, when I first started training, even the top trainers, when I went to Hialeah, no one got two or three barns. They only gave the trainers 25, 30 stalls. It was, uh, in recent years, it seems they've give away a lot of stalls to just a handful of trainers, and that's one reason you have such short fields. If you have 100 stalls to give out, if you give it to five trainers, you have potentially five horses out of that 100 stalls for a race. If you give them all to one guy, you only have one horse for that race, for a race. And I think that's, uh, I think the people that ran the tracks were, 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 pretty well schooled and understood how the game works more so than they do today. Well, Jim, I, I, I brought up a horse by the name of Bill Monroe. I remember you were actually a personal friend of the legendary musician, Bill Monroe. You had him at a party out at your farm one time. Um, what about the ability to, to keep the older geldings t- t- together. It-, it-, it seems in this day and age, we're seeing horses, uh, if they have an eight-race career, that's a big number. Well, what- what's gone wrong? What's changed? It- I don't know. It seems to me that uh, the trainers today, work ho- they work horses more and faster than, they- than I ever did or- and, uh, and race them less. Of course, I think one reason for that is the purses are so big, but I still think that the uh, older uh, 
time way would would work. Um, but I I don't know how they keep them sound. Well, they don't keep them very sound. They don't, they don't make a great number of starts. But the purses are tremendous today compared to what they were when I started. I remember the feature at Keeneland was five thousand dollars in when I started training horses. Well, I remember uh, one of the biggest races uh, in, in Ohio was the Governor's Buckeye Cup. I think it was 100000 maybe. And I'll never forget the year your horses ran one, two, three in that race. And that race yeah. was a mile and a quarter. It was an outstanding job of horsemanship, Jim. I have to say that. Yeah, yeah I think I've won that race 11 times. And uh, <laughs> so... Go- Going a mile and a quarter, that says something about your ability uh, as, as a trainer. Now, my question is, rumor has it that uh, you, you've got your hands on a horse that you might be going partners in with Judy and Ken Klosterman, and well, you might be taking your trainer's license out again. True or false? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. We'll take her to Florida and uh, get her, train her this winter and see how she, you know, how she does down at Ocala and then come back and... If she can, uh, she can really run. I might get my license again, but I doubt it. I'll probably turn her over to uh, some friends that I have that are very good trainers. Well, if anybody knows who a uh, good eye for athleticism is, uh, I'm sure it's a, it's you, Jim. Uh, I want to thank you so much for for being on the show, and I just want to thank you for all the, the contributions you made uh, uh, to, to racing on a, on a lot of different levels. Uh, you're a class act. Uh, you're level-headed. Uh, you've got a lot of respect from a lot of people. I put some things up on my Facebook page, and you wouldn't believe how many hits I got saying that you're one of the greatest horsemen they ever knew. Well, thank you very much, John. That's very kind to those people. Well, it's very true. All right, we've been talking with Jim Morgan, uh, number one NBA draft pick, outstanding player himself for Louisville, and a guy that was able to condition over 300 stakes horses that ran all over the Midwest. And as Jim stated, he only started four times in New York. Two times he won the the stake when he went, and one time he was beating a champion like Susan's Garrel. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to try to hit the Delta Downs jackpot with Mary Rampolini. Sorry, sorry, Mary Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing 
The one, two, three racing pick six. America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love one, two, three racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at one, two, three bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and when I saw it was going to be a big weekend at Delta Downs, there's one person I had to go to. She's been on Winning Ponies before, Mary Rampolini. She's the correspondent and handicapper for the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, she started writing for him back in 1996. Uh, native of Hartford, Connecticut, but grew up in a racing family. And uh, your, your dad, Ralph, was the racing manager for Nelson Bunker Hunt in the 1980s. And sad to say, I had to uh, announce, I believe it was only about a week ago, the passing of Nelson Bunker Hunt with us, Mary Rampolini. How are you doing? Good, John. How are you today? Doing pretty good. So, uh, I mean, uh, Bunky Hunt's outfit uh, had to be one of the biggest in the country, and your dad was a big part of that. Yes, Mr. Hunt uh, had a lot of horses at its height. He had about 1,000 horses, and that's... That's including racing and his breeding operations, uh, really all over the world. That's an international stable. So um, there were a lot of horses to keep track of on the racing front, which was was one of my dad's responsibilities for Mister Hunt. And um, it was uh, it was a real exciting time in racing, or a really good time in racing through his years of participation that way. Well, I guess that, that's what drew you from Connecticut down there. It got the racing in your blood. But from there, your family hooked on with another one of the biggest names, uh, I'll say, in the 70s, and that was the John Franks outfit. Yes, my dad was the racing manager for Mr. Franks as well. And uh, Mr. Franks also a very sizable outfit and uh, very, very important participant in American racing. And... Um, Again, that was a that was another fun time, <laughs> a lot of fun times in the sport. And sadly, we've lost both Mr. Hunt and Mr. Frank, uh, you know, over the years now. Well, I, I, outstanding contributors, but I'm sure you, that uh, your father Ralph was was a big part of this. Well, uh, this year the Delta Downs jackpots drawn uh, Hall of Famers: D. Wayne Lucas, uh, Jerry Hollendorfer, Mike Smith, Russell Bays. Uh, I'm looking at Mark Cassie, the you know. Kingpin of uh, uh, Ontario's coming down. Uh, this has got to be an exciting time for the for the people at Delta Downs. It's a really big card, John, and it, it, it's a fun card because there's so much participation from so many different regions. And I think if you have a have a good opinion on something, there's a good chance you'll get a get a pretty nice reward on it because a lot of the sticks are very well matched on Saturday. There's eight of them. 
uh, on uh, Delta's biggest night, which is worth $2.3 million. And, of course, it all centers on the uh, jackpot, a $1 million route for two-year-olds. And uh, you're one of the earliest, uh, if not the earliest, uh, uh, tracks and races to start giving out points for the Oaks and the Derby. That's right, yeah. There's 10 points at stake uh, uh, in each race in the Delta Princess and the Delta Jackpot for the respective uh, Kentucky Oaks and Kentucky Derby. Uh, The first four finishers in in each race will divide those 10 points up. So, yes, (laughs) a little bit of Derby fever right now. Well, every race that we're going to look at tonight is at a mile or or a mile and a sixteenth. Uh, describe to me, if you would, where these races will start, because I'd say the majority of people are probably at at least one mile racetracks when they go to a live racing. Um, this is, I believe, a six furlong track. So th- these mile races, where will they be starting? Kind of like where a six furlong shoot would be. Tell me. They have a very good shoot. Yes, they have a very long shoot at Delta. So both of the Jackpot and Princess, which are um, a mile and a sixteenth and a mile respectively, will start. Uh, will both be two-turn races, I should tell you. And yes, they do have a good size shoot at Delta. All right. So basically, if you're sitting in the grandstand when you're looking for the gate break on any of these races, you're looking to your left as if it's like a mile and a quarter race. You're going to be looking up to your left pretty good. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if they started on the other side and went, went around twice. Okay. No, well, no, they'll be on your in, side. Yes, in, they'll be on your side. There's a shoot on the uh, grandstand side that they'll come out of. And, again, they are two-turn races, and like you said, it is a six-for-long track. Um, which, from reading your articles today, and let me tell you, Mary, you've been very busy because I did a whole lot of reading on articles with, with your name on them. It was um, a busy day. <laughs> the, the one thing that I heard more than one trainer quote to you was the importance of tactical speed because you're going to have obviously pretty tight turns but you're also going to have pretty full fields uh that's that's going to throw some really interesting twists into this race even though i do feel that a lot of the legitimate horses do have that tactical speed those trainers were telling you about yeah i think i think that's a good statement i mean a good horse usually has some natural speed and, and just like you said, I mean, with the configuration of the track and the way the turns are, anytime you're on a smaller type track, it, it, it tends to almost always be beneficial to be quick and athletic. Those types of horses seem to handle that configuration very well. Um, so, you know, a lot of the horses that were pointing for these types of races, you know, their trainers are matching them up uh, to where they should be a good fit on a six for a long type track. So, so like you said, a lot of horsemen are coming in here with horses that are quick, that are athletic, that they feel will uh, fit this surface. It will fit this configuration. And Delta is an interesting surface because it's, it's a very sandy surface type too. So it, it is actually a laboring track too. So it's an interesting combination, uh, you know, uh, of, uh, of a racetrack and, and different variables that you have to consider coming into run. Great insight from Mary Rampolini for the Daily Racing Forum. One question that I want to get on to, to the Delta Downs jackpot is, how's the weather looking? Is the track expected to be fast? Well, we're going to see. Um, John, the weather forecast, according to the Weather Channel, is calling for um, you know highs in the low 70s, so that's part's very nice. But there is a 90% chance of thunder showers. 
Um, and there is a little bit of rain forecast for tomorrow, for Friday. So I don't know how heavy the rainfall will be. So the weather is definitely something to keep an eye on. So I, I, I couldn't sit here and tell you uh, that we will have a fast strip or we won't. All right. Now, let's get into the Delta Downs jackpot, uh, grade $3 million on the line. What I find here interesting um, again, uh, with this type thing, is, is post position here. Uh, Prime Engine was going to go in to uh, race out on the West Coast. Jerry Hollendorfer, who's taken over the uh, reins on this horse as a trainer, is employing uh, Russell Bays to come in. He gets the rail. He has tactical speed. I see one of your racing form guys actually said in the trouble line on this horse's first race, eye-catching. So we got Prime Engine on the inside, and then unless there's been any other changes or scratches that I don't know about, you've got Ocho, Ocho, Ocho uh, that you wrote about. Um, getting the outside post, this horse has uh, never gone long, but for some reason they made a jockey switch to Mike Smith, and while Joe Talamo was named on the also-eligible, unblunted. A, do you know anything about that jockey switch? And B, how much does that post-10 affect a sprinter like Ocho, 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 who is a son of street sense, so he shouldn't have a problem with the distance? Well, um, as far as the rider, I don't have a lot of insight into the decisions that went down at entry time um, or leading up to the race, but I can tell you that... Uh, Trainer Jim Cassidy was happy with the 10-hole um, and, and pretty hopeful the horse will handle the two turns. Uh, you know, he cited his pedigree being the street sense, as you mentioned, by the Kentucky Derby winner. And um, the mayor winner, she's had um, two uh, route winners she's produced. One of them, both horses' private ensign was grade two place, so she, she was a filly of some quality. Um, I, you know, looking at this race, I... I I, I I think there's a good chance that Ocho 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 actually has a chance to, to to just wire the field. Although I respect the speed of the other horses, this horse seems to have a very serious turn of foot. How, how do you see it, John? Um, well, I I see this as a wide open race. I'm going to already mention those two. I think two interesting horses to look at are. are, are Golden Actor, who started his career at Gulfstream, uh, has two wins going a distance, came in for the Jean Lafitte, so it's had a trip over the track, and this horse is just working sensational. Uh, it's a son of Curlin that just seems to be peaking at the right time. And then, of course, I can't ignore anybody that Mark Cassie brings out. I, you know, all you got to do is throw out the Breeders' Futurity, and this horse is undefeated as a two-year-old. Um, that's all I can say. I mean, it, it's a sensational field, and those are the four that rise to the top to me. I'm going to have a hard time splitting them when I go to the window. And I think that's why people will get a good price in this race, if you have, like you, like we talked about, if you've got a nice opinion on something here, and uh, I think you'll probably get a fair price, and that's probably been one of the appeals of the jackpot for so many years. It seems to be a very good betting race because you do get a lot of uh, fields that are well-matched, a lot of horses sometimes are trying the two turns for the first time, so you've got those types of questions. Other times, you know, this race had been held under the lights. That was a question for horses sometimes. And uh, the travel, young horses that don't have a lot of experience traveling, that's a factor to consider. Uh, they're coming into into new environment. And then, again, just like we talked about, how are they going to handle a six-for-a-long track? So, so I think it does make it a good race and uh, ripe 
for a decent payout, even even if the favorite were to win. The favorites tend to, to pay decent. Well, I didn't have the odds on, on all of the PPs I downloaded, but I did on this, and here I am mentioning all these horses, and I don't mention Hall of Famer D. Wayne Lucas. It's coming in with a horse out of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile after running a, a strong second in the Breeders' Futurity at, at, at Keeneland, and that's, that's Mr. Z. Um, you know, this race is just packed and stacked. Good uh-huh. luck. Uh, whatever uh, racing form you, or program you use to our handicappers that are listening, uh, you're, you're going to need luck, at, luck in this one. Um, yeah, and they did make Mr. Z the uh, morning line favorite at Delta, so... Um, right, I'm sure the name D. Wayne and the fact that this horse is outside of breaking this maiden is running nothing but graded stakes wins certainly says a lot for Mr. Z. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He, is, he does have a nice... Um, uh, class uh, recommendation for sure. All right. Well, let's try to try to squeeze in the, the Delta Downs Princess uh, again. Six furlong track, tight turns, ten points for the Oaks in here. Uh, I got a feeling that uh, D Wayne's going to get a little more recognition in this one than he, he might the boys race. Uh, take charge, Brandy. I mean, she not only won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. But he's saying, as I read, I believe in your article, that, uh, you know, he wins this race. Uh, she's got a legitimate shot of being a two-year-old filly of the year. I think she definitely has her name in, in the hat based on her Breeders' Cup uh, victory. And, uh, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what she does here. Uh, you know, there could be a certain type of performance that draws a lot of people, draws a lot of voters in her direction as well. So this race, I, I think there's a lot more at stake than uh, just first place uh, money here. Uh, she has some other considerations, and it will just be very interesting to see what she does. I think because she was an upset winner of the Breeders' Cup, I, I, I should say that. Absolutely, you know, Rhea Antonio was last year, and she didn't get voted uh, two-year-old filly, but she didn't run after that race either in, in a grade three. Um, two uh, horses that kind of drew my attention here. Uh, one you may have had a chance to see is uh, uh, Vivian de Bling, who won the prep, so obviously he's had a very impressive uh, trip over the track. And, and another horse that uh, I, you talked about in your column, and another one with tactical speed, I know I'm repeating myself, but hey, I got it from you, is uh, Sipalute. <laughs> uh, a horse that's coming in this race as a maiden, uh, but has had some awful uh, impressive competition and, and a Maybe an excuse out of its last race. Oh, yes, Miss Mandate. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Skip a loot you're talking about. Uh, uh, the maiden, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong cut here. Uh, yes, uh, she's, a, she's an interesting silly. She's one of those sillies that had the two-turn question before her, but she's very quick. I, I don't know whether she will be possibly setting the pace here or maybe finding herself tracking Take Charge Brandy and or... Vivian de Bling, I think it's kind of, she adds an interesting element to the pace of this race, but also proves some quality last out in the matron. So I'm actually very interested to see what she does. She seems to have a lot of upside. Um, do you know anything? I mean, is the field set at the 10 that are going to post, or by any chance did uh, Divine Dawn get in? Uh, we will know. Friday morning, John, at 10 a.m. Central is scratch time. Okay. 
Okay. So yeah. Well, okay. So that was that was the, know, the Delta Down uh, Princess again. Uh, Dean Wayne Lucas was awful. Have all four eligibles, the jackpot and the princess. Okay. Well, listen, um, my producer's telling me I probably went a little bit long in my first segment, so I better take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to round out your pick four at Delta Downs and win you a whole bunch of money. We're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And from the stable of stars from the Daily Racing Forum, Mary Rampolini's with us. And we are now going to go to the Delta Towns treasure chest. This is another mile. Again, it'll kind of look like they're breaking from the chute on your left. Um, and this, uh, I would have to say, was the hardest race for, for me to find a horse that, that came to the top. Um, interesting angles in here, and then I'll let you kind of focus in on it, um, is uh, obviously Mark Cassie is bringing in Spring in the Air. Now, this is a filly that uh, didn't have her best season, but she's been facing some very, very tough company and comes out of three grade three races. And then you've got Mike Smith shipping in with uh, Jim Cassidy on this Yailwa horse has been racing at uh, Santa Anita and Del Mar, obviously facing tough company and coming off a big optional claim of race at a mile that could have been a prep for this race. And then on the outside, you got class included, who's obviously 
had better days, 13 lifetime wins, only one this year, but when class included, shipped in from Churchill last year, ended up winning the treasure chest. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here, Mary. Uh, I don't know if I, if I had any of the, the, the hot points for you or if there's other horses we should be looking at. It makes for an interesting angle. Uh, this is going to be a great betting race again. Yes, the treasure chest. They, they, they increased the purse um, some this year and drew a really nice field for it. It's a $200,000 uh, race for fillies and mares. And I do think you hit on a lot of the high, the high points on um, what you just mentioned. I thought uh, Yahilwa is really a horse that's very quick. And I do think she has a really good chance to, uh, to take uh, them box to wire here. I, I, I think she's the one that they will have to catch. Uh, that's just kind of how I read this race. And um, Spring in the Air, of course, is, you know, grade one winner. Uh, she's definite class. And like you mentioned, class included. She comes into this off a break. But she won this race a year ago off a, a break of a similar length. They lay off a similar length. So I just I felt handicapping it that they had to catch uh, the Southern California shipper and um, take it from there. Yeah, you know, and uh, it makes me wonder: is this perhaps the race that Mike Smith came in to ride? But as we talked earlier, Ocho 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 uh, could go from flag fall to that's all too. So a Hall of Famer like Mike Smith could wire him. Uh, I think if there's uh, two mystery horses in here that make, again, I, I handicap this without any odds, would be the three-year-old Kiss to Remember that is coming off a solid race. This horse races all over the place. And uh, Eden Prairie, I'm scratching my head on this one, is uh, this horse ever won on the dirt? <laughs> Every time I look down, it's running on synthetic and turf, but you got Florent Jarreau, who's kind of been in a zone this year. Uh, they're just going to add to the mix when you get to your exotics. Absolutely. You know, and a note on Kiss to Remember, like you said, the three-year-old uh, going up against the big girls now. Um, her trainer, Tom Amos, said earlier this week that one of the reasons she came in for this race is because uh, two starts ago she ran at Charlestown, uh, another small small track like we were talking about. So she handled some of the conditions that she'll be facing um, uh, Saturday at Delta. So that was one of the considerations to bring her uh, in for the treasure chest. Yeah, and uh, Tom Amos is is nobody's fool. Well, let's move on to uh, a race that's uh, a restricted race, uh, but brings together a, a field of two-year-old Louisiana-bred fillies, and it's called the Louisiana Jewel. Again, first time in a mile for every horse in this race except for one, and when that filly tried a mile, she fell on her face. Um, you've got the way I see this, this is me now. You got your hometown <laughs> hope, who's got some seasoning behind her in Z Smoke, and then you've got a horse that I just thought put in an eye-popping performance uh, in her only start, and that's Composed, who seems to have uh, connections and pedigree that indicate uh, that she could be any kind. Broker Maiden by eight and a half was kept a task. Comes in with. Uh, by far the, the the biggest buyer of anybody in this race. Again, I'm looking at this race without any odds, Mary. Uh, hold my hand, take me along, or tell me who you like. I think you're doing a great job analyzing things. Um, I, I should mention before I forget, the fourth race, the jewel, what we're speaking about, is the start of a uh, $200,000 guaranteed pick four 
that uh, includes, uh, goes from the fourth to seventh races, which includes exactly what we've been talking about, the treasure chest, the princess, and the jackpot um, for the night. So I should mention that. Now, Compose, uh, like you said, she was a blowout winner of her debut on, on the track at Delta, which is, which is important. A lot of horsemen feel it's very important to have a start over the track. And it was a seven furlong race, and, and I should remind folks that that is a two-turn race at Delta Downs. So she's going a mile, but she has been uh, two turns, uh, as she did so in the debut. And just doing a little pedigree research, I like that this filly, uh, her dam, Princess Composer, was a multiple stakes winner who, who made more than a quarter of a million dollars. So, so I like that that class aspect uh, of, of her. So I, I, I will look forward to seeing what she does uh, in her first start against winners. I, I thought Windshield Factor is a horse that, again, has a chance to slip away. Um, she's a very quick filly. She's coming out of a very quick pace, pace race at Keeneland. And um, I look for her to run well. And then Pitcher, of course, ran against Vivian DeBling, was third against Vivian DeBling, who will turn up a little later on the card in the Princess. Absolutely. I have that mark myself. And you've got to remember, while this horse finished third by nine lengths, Vivian DeBling won that race by eight lengths. So that's not a whole lot of embarrassment <laughs> right true. there. Vivian, uh, Vivian was very tough that day. Well, uh, uh uh, Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum, I can't uh, thank you enough. Hey, I hope you have a great day. Really appreciate you being on with us uh, here uh, at w- w- Winning Ponies, and I wish all the best to the people down there at Delta Downs. John, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and it was fun talking horses with you. It's always fun hot, talking horses with you. Also want to thank uh, trainer Jim Morgan. Uh, what, what a great guy he is, and uh, uh, it's going to be a, a fun weekend of racing. I, I hope you get in there. Don't forget, you got one, two, three racing uh, pick six, so that, that's something that you want to go to. Remember, that's one, two, three, bet.com. And, of course, you want to join us with our easy win forms at Winning Pony. Well, as I sit here overlooking the manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I wish you all the best of luck. And remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.